This is Inside Purple and Gold. But Tom, it seemed like you were pretty, um, you know, steadfast on trade back, take a defensive guy. If they weren't able to trade back, and it looked like in the live shot that we saw from the draft coverage, which very well might not have been a live shot. It could have been from however many minutes earlier. We saw Kwesi on the phone. Um, Looked like he was trying to work the phone, perhaps to move back um, at that point when they were on the clock. If they're not moving back, would you have preferred to see them take a defender there at 23 rather than than Addison, given, you know, all the reasons that we've talked about why it's a good pick, notwithstanding? Yeah, so, I mean, my mentality was like, could he get a linebacker? I just think that would have required a trade back because my understanding was there was not, like, an obvious choice there, right? And, like, it doesn't make sense to reach for a linebacker, even though that will be a position of need. Right at 23 um and so you're probably talking corner right and the, you know if you look at kind of people were listing all these guys out the reality is i think the the bus rate there too is pretty high right it's kind of maybe not receiver but it's kind of in that ballpark and like that comes down to eval right i mean i, I my assumption is that like quasi was working the phones trying to get someone who really wanted levis or hooker right and no one wanted him that bad that he was given the capital that they wanted and i think um the risk profile is similar. So to me, it's like makes sense to go get a defensive player, but especially if like Flores is, I mean, I'm assuming he's part of this process, right? If Flores is telling him like, eh, I don't, I'm not really sold on any of these guys. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think the truth is if, if Flores was standing on the table, you know, metaphorically, like they would have done it, you know what I'm saying? So like, I think, you know, a, like O'Connell should be able to, and West Phillips should be able to identify the right receiver. But I think secondly, like, I think, I think if one of these guys was like a sleeper, maybe not Xavier Rhodes, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like Flores goes, I can really turn this guy into something. You know, he's just not getting drafted as high because he's not as pro ready. Right. That's the, that's kind of profile of the guy you get at 23. If he was going, dude, give me a year or two with this guy. He's going to be a star. I think, uh, I think it would have happened. And so I'm inclined to believe like <clears throat> given, given, you know, like, cornerback success at that position they looked at those options they probably would have traded down if they got the right deal with someone desperate for levis desperate for hooker and because that's not the case go it's almost kind of go with best player available or at least between a receiver and corner the best corner receiver available in that spot yeah that that is a good point (coughs) i think if brian flores given how much and you know the Vikings invested and in, in how hell bent they were on bringing him along, you know, on board this off season. If he was saying, "I have to have Deontay Banks," like I have to have Joey Porter Jr., like there's, there, maybe there's a chance that they just do it and and they say, "Okay," but I keep going back to what Luke Inman said and what I've read is like, if this is truly a deep cornerback draft, which for all the faults of this draft and, and, and it seeming relatively weak in certain areas, it does seem cornerback, you know, has you know, more ping pong balls and, you know, in the can or like, it, it seems like if you're going to have that as an option on day two, you know, there's going to be just more options there for on day two, as opposed to receivers on day one. Um, you know, I think you're banking on the fact that whoever the, the Vikings bring in, and they're going to go defense day two. They have one day two pick. I wouldn't be surprised if they package some of their day three picks or a future next year to move up and you know get another pick at day two tonight. 
Um, then it's on Flores to whoever they take to mold that player and, you know, into a player that, that that's going to be impactful down the road. But uh, to your point about if he's not standing on the table clamoring for a guy, which we, I guess we don't know if that's what was, maybe he was, but if yeah. he, I have a feeling if he was doing that, if he was saying, get me this guy, they would have just done it um, because it's such a deep draft because he is a coach with, with history of success. Um, going offense here, going your best player on the board, if that's what they had Jordan Addison as, um, and then just hoping you can hit on someone later, you know, in the second round, third round, you know, into day three. Um, it just makes sense. It's, it's smart drafting. Um, there, there are some guys out there still. Uh, Joy Porter Jr. is still there. Um, problem for the Vikings, they don't pick till 87. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's going to cost a lot for them to trade up into this early part of the second round to go get a guy like that. Um, but there's going to be other cornerbacks that, that are there when, when, when they're on the board. Eventually. Yeah, there's such a funny, because you mentioned 87, it's 87, 119, which is the, the pick they got from the Lions. Mm -hmm. 158, 211. I think that's uh, from Conklin. That's like a six round pick. Yep. Um, doesn't give you a lot to work with. They're going to have to like, I don't want to get into 2024 right now in the middle of a draft, but like, you know what I mean? Like they're going to have to choose players that year. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, so I think, you know, you got to be a little careful kind of, you know, it's Robin Peter to pay Paul or whatever. Like, you, you know, like they, they have to have some foresight in what they're doing here. And it just, they don't have a ton to work with in terms of, um, uh, in terms of draft capital, in terms of like, yeah, you'd want to pick ahead of 87. I think obviously Flores really wants them when they'd move up. I just think Quasi is going to be against that from an analytical perspective. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, there are these question marks, right? What do you do at corner? Uh, what's the succession plan for Kirk? Um, I mean, there's that's the that's the issue with Addison is it sort of answers one question, which is really they must have been sold on him, right? And I and I guess you need someone opposite Jefferson. It leaves a lot of a lot of questions open for for the immediate future, but also just like, hey, what's the competitive rebuild plan for not just next year but twenty four? Yeah, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered still. Um, but you know, you could we could do the same song and dance say they went corner last mm -hmm. night. yeah yeah and we'd be like okay well what happens when kj osborne's contract's up next year is kj osborne ready to be a number two like yeah you know, like how do we create an environment on offense that's conducive to kirk's success now and a, his successor's success later like there, there's always going to be those talking points but 